Alright, hello, hello. Welcome to the Eddie Conversation Podcast. My name is Eddie V. Hill and I am your host. Uh, today I am joined by Max Goldberg. Uh, yeah, my name is Max Goldberg. I'm a director of photography uh, living here in Los Angeles. And yeah, super psyched to be yes, here today. Yes, yes. Great to have you. Um, you are the first uh, DP cinematographer that I've had the chance to chat with. I lied. I talked to Srushti. Um, I almost threw under the bus. All right, number two. Number two. All right. So. <laughs> That's fair. Um, okay. I wanted to ask you straight off the bat a very nice, simple question. Because there are some people listening to the podcast that aren't aren't from the film world. Mm -hmm. We hear the term director photography, how you introduced yourself. They're a cinematographer. Mm -hmm. Where do you stand on the differences or the name calling of the position? Oh, man. Um, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, they're the same thing. Um, you know, cinematographers maybe... Uh, a little bit more uh, highfalutin way of saying the job's uh, mm -hmm. name, but I don't know. I think they're same you know, thing. functionally the same thing. I think the differences come when you're like, I'm a videographer or I'm a, a wedding filmer or something like that. Mm -hmm. You know, that's a little bit okay. of a different job, but um, you know, I like to call myself a DP cinematographer sometimes. I don't know. It's yeah, yeah. I think I think on your website you describe yourself as a cinematographer, but then you just introduced yourself as a director of photography. So it's all over the place. It's all the same thing. Uh, all right. So, very briefly, I don't think I had Sushi do this, but what? Uh, I don't know. What's the? What is the? What? What? What do you do? What's the? What do I do? What, what does is a cinematographer? A great do? question. Um, I mean, I think uh, you know abstractly. A cinematographer is the um, basically the, the visual mm -hmm. curator of a uh, a film project. Um, your uh, job is to translate the intentions of the project um, onto the screen using visual language, uh, with the camera, with lighting, with camera movement with sort of all the tools of the cinematography toolbox, employing those in a way that uh, conveys the intentions of the project as effectively as possible. And that's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's, that's sort of the short answer. There's, uh, you know, what that really means in practice, you know, sure, we can sure. talk about for hours. Great, but, well, uh, we have some time. Yeah. So, all right, I don't know where to start. Okay. I'm. <clears throat> So I'm trying to debate between, because well, okay, when I look at you, I think of. <laughs> I feel like we're on very similar trajectories in life, where we moved to LA in a similar window time frame. Um, we're similarly aged. Mm -hmm. <laughs> where, yeah. like, it's there's kind of a lot of similarities in. Kind of, I guess, like yeah, the no, surface level stuff. A lot of, of a lot of similarities on paper. On paper. Yeah. And, and personality wise too, I'm like, all right, like, kind of two soft spoken dudes. This guy's pretty chill. Yeah, very. I can get along with him. Yeah, exactly. So 
feel like I'm having a conversation mm-hmm. with myself in some ways. <laughs> That's a great, great thing to have with a director-DP relationship. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think so. Um, okay, let's let's jump back in time to start. Mm-hmm. So this before we jump, okay, I want to talk about twenty twenty one and and the goals that you have and like where you like to see yourself and yeah. what 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 all that kind of stuff. But let's go back in time a little bit mm-hmm. and talk about. Maybe the move to LA. Yeah. What kind of came to from there, and then what what you did pre pre move, like what where, what, what where, you where did I to? come from? Yeah. You know, do you want to start with where I came from, or yes. start with the more recent past? Let's start with where you came from. Where I came from. So, sure. um, I I grew up in uh, most of my childhood, I guess, from when I was nine or so until I went to college. I grew up in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Mm. Um, not originally from there. My family's not from there. My dad you know, moved our family there when I was a little kid for his work. Um, but that's sort of where I had some of my formative experiences um, and where I really discovered filmmaking mm-hmm. um, and cinematography and this, you know, movies just in general, I guess. Um, so, so you went to yeah. uh, what age? Like, how long were you there? Was it like through high school? Yeah, or like, like middle, middle school, school and high school. Okay, cool. And, um, you know, I was, um, you know, always a kind of a nerdy kid. I, uh, you know, did well in school. I studied hard. I was doing Nerd. all sorts of, you know, all sorts <laughs> of book stuff. And, um, you know, I, I had, you know, was interested in all sorts of other things, you know, mm-hmm. outside of school. You know, I was, um, played, you know, played football, which was, uh, you know, mm-hmm. common for a lot of kids out there. Um, was on a bunch of different clubs and had a, uh, was interested in like model rocketry for a long time, um, but uh, mm-hmm. was also interested in filmmaking. Um, you know, not really sure, you know, where, where it, the initial germ of it came from. I think it was... You know, I, I loved watching movies, you know, like most kids do. But um, there was a, a summer, I think it was the summer of my sophomore year in high school, where I was, like, trying to figure out what I was going to do with my summer, um, you know, and my family. It wasn't really kosher just to, you know, sit around at home and, and you know, screw off mm-hmm. for three months. You know, you had to go to camp. You had to have some program. You had to do something, like, worthwhile that was really important to my parents that, you know, you, uh, you, you'd maintain some yeah. sort of edge. And um, I found out about this filmmaking program, um, which was in LA at Chapman University. Mm. And um, it was like a two week thing for like high school students interested in, in filmmaking just in general. Yeah. And you would go there and you would like do this like film camp for two weeks with like a dozen other high school kids yeah. from all across the country. And um, I uh, I saw that and I was like, oh, like that seems really cool. Like I like movies. I, I had messed around with my parents, mm-hmm. um, like super, super eight camcorder mm-hmm. bunch. Um, or not super eight, actually. It's like high eight video camcorder. Mm. Um, super eight's a little bit different. Yeah. But uh, um, 
you know, I had, I had made some like little sort of home movies in, in the past, but um, had never, you know, when I was just a little kid, you know, you're sort sure, of sure. hadn't really taken the next step like that. And you don't um, even really know that it's a potential path to go down, really. Or yeah. maybe, or maybe you did. Like I, I think I, think I, I, th I had some idea that it was, it was a career, mm -hmm. you know, in a, in a vague sense. You know, I, I knew okay. that, you know, there, there's a big roll of credits at the every, every end of every movie. You know, there's, there's a ton of people who, who mm -hmm. do this as mm -hmm. their living. But okay. I don't think I was necessarily thinking about it like really career, mm -hmm. you know, oriented. I was, um, you know, it was. Uh, something that was like kind of a, a mild interest and yeah you know it's like oh maybe this sounds cool it's something I can do I can go to LA for two weeks that sounds fun um, and, uh, and signed this, up and signed up for it and, and this was the summer it was I think after like after my sophomore year of high school okay mm -hmm. so I was probably 15 yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, you know went there and just had a fantastic experience um, with this, with this like film camp for a bunch of you know nerdy high school kids, mm -hmm. and watched you know we were exposed to all these classic films and got to see um, you know people uh, who had industry experience talk to us and tell us about what it was like to to be in the business mm -hmm. and their experience making things and 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 also just having people really knowledgeable about film the craft of film. Um, Break down our you know, movies for us and show us you know this is this is what the filmmaker yeah. was trying to do with this scene. This is how this was lit. This is what this actor was trying to do here. Like mm -hmm. trying to you know when you're a kid you sometimes you know, maybe take all of this stuff at face value. Yeah, you're, not you're, really, you're just watching it. Yeah, just watching movies and you know that's great. Um, but you know really getting to go deeper onto mm -hmm. into, into what's intention. really going on. Yeah, with with a with a film, and so I was. Uh, I guess that was sort of like the beginning of it becoming more of a serious thing for me. Mm. Um, so you kind of knew at, at so something kind of grabbed at that point where you uh, really you saw something like you actually considered it a little bit a little bit more than than before or yeah I think I mean back in you know in in high school um, you know I wasn't really thinking about you know what am I going to do with the rest of my life there there seemed like there were so many possibilities mm -hmm. and this was you know one thing that was really interesting there's, there's, but i was yeah. like I, I don't really know what where i'm gonna end up i'm just you know trying to trying to do my best right now and mm -hmm. you know you're focused on on all sorts of stuff that's a little bit more near term um but uh but you know i, I had one fantastic experience with that um i guess sort of in parallel i had always been um uh Kind of a, the family photographer, in mm -hmm. a sense. Mm -hmm. So not really film or you know motion, but just in terms of taking still pictures. Um, my mom gave me a little point and shoot camera for the first time when I was probably, I don't know, you know, eleven or something. Mm -hmm. And um, sort of from that point on, I always had a little camera with me of some kind whenever we would go on family vacations or go on trips or you know just doing stuff. Yeah. Um, I just love taking photos and you know I didn't certainly um, when I was really little but even sort of as I got more into high school that mm -hmm. was sort of its own thing like I didn't even necessarily connect it to um, movie making for a little while right. I just really like taking photos and taking pictures that I thought looked good yeah capturing those nice yeah. moments yeah um, so you know I think over time 
that, um, you know, as I discovered movies and, and filmmaking, um, I was like, oh, where, where do I fit into this world? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't, I'm not an actor. I don't think that's, that's not, I've never really been into drama, mm -hmm. um, like mm -hmm. a lot of people are. Um, when you say drama, do you mean like being in being like drama class like, like in high school? Okay. Yeah, like theater. Okay. I was never. I wasn't a theater kid. I wasn't. Uh, I was never really a performer. Mm -hmm. I was more interested in what happened behind the scenes, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, okay, and I was yeah. like, oh, like what are the things that are behind the scenes? It's, you know, there's a director, and there's a, something called a cinematographer or a director of photography. Um, of course, there's a million other jobs too. But, sure, sure. But those... and I'm like, oh, like which ones of those would I see myself as? Mm -hmm. And then I think because of the you know, childhood photography idea, um, you lean toward I was the like, camera. oh, like cinematography, that makes sense. Like I can see myself doing that. I'm, uh, you know, I love taking photos. I love making, now I love making movies. Mm -hmm. And um, there's also sort of a, I think separate, distinctly from maybe the directorial side, when you're a DP, there's sort of this, um, synergy of the technical aspects of mm -hmm. production and the creative side as well right. um, where you have to sort of at the same time have this really deep technical mastery of um, cameras and lighting and knowing how to um, create that image on on screen using mm -hmm. all these tools and um, at the same time having the some sort of artistic vision that can make your work interesting and and distinct and yeah. something that is you know worth oh, worth sure. paying attention to because yeah like if you have i like how yeah that makes sense to me because i just imagine uh, a dp that has all the the technical mastery but has no ideas on how to like when there's a discussion with the director and we're brainstorming shots like the dp doesn't have any ideas for shots but knows how to knows how to make them happen, like that would be kind of weird. Or the DP that has great ideas but doesn't know how to execute them, that would be kind of weird too. So it's definitely, yeah, I think it's, how do you, so, yeah, I don't know, how do you balance, how does that work for you? Like, because uh, I feel like it's two different two different muscles mm -hmm. there. How, what, how does that? Yeah, I mean, I think there's, there's um, different DPs and also within the context of different jobs, approach mm -hmm. it in different ways. It can, it can change even for the same person, depending on right, who right. the director is or what the nature of the project is, sort of how much your uh, implementer, like mm -hmm. someone is telling you, this is what I want with a lot of specificity and you're just making that happen versus um, maybe coming up with the entire visual language of the film yourself and uh, mm -hmm. you know, having, having the director yeah, not be yeah, as interested yeah, yeah. in that and be more interested in, in you know, other things. Um, yeah, so it, it, a little bit of a it, spectrum. It, it totally varies. It's a spectrum. Um, you know, I think there's, there's a lot of fun. There can be a lot of fun in both, um, you know, having that creative, um, you know, authority, you know, that, uh, you know, you could give you the opportunity to do all sorts of crazy stuff mm -hmm. um, and, mm -hmm. and, you know, push the envelope but um you know when you're if you are working with someone who has their own vision and it's a great vision yeah you know that's that's fantastic that makes my job a lot easier in so many ways or actually or harder 
if you're, you know, if the director has an awesome yeah, visual yeah. Um, uh, knowledge and can tell me with a lot of detail, you know, this is what I want, and I'm like, wow, that's a great idea. That's even better than anything no, I could think for of. Sure, for sure. All I have to do is, you know, it's in some ways easy, a lot easier for me to just make that happen yeah. than it is to come up with it in the first place. Well, because I, I think about when you say that, I think about like, um, I haven't seen this movie yet, but Tenet. Mm-hmm. With like Christopher Nolan's directing, and I guess the DP. I think there, I saw a little interview where the DP. I don't know if you talked about this, but the DP in the interview mm-hmm. mentions like whenever he gets a, like a script from Christopher Nolan, he's reading it and he's like, "I don't know how we're gonna do this because uh-huh. I know Christopher Nolan likes the practical aspects yeah. of it." So then, yeah. there's these very specific shots that, that you know the director's gonna be asking for, and you're just like, <laughs> "I could have." That's the aspect where it's like you're executing the vision and mm-hmm. it's going to be a crazy ride. And I don't know how, I'd be, I'd be very curious to uh, see how, how they come up with, how they're going to shoot that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, when you're on a project of that scale, it's, you know, Nolan is coming up with the, you know, he, the concept and, and he has a, a very distinct vision and, mm-hmm. and specific vision for what he's trying to accomplish. But, but, um, you know, there's, there's dozens of hundreds of people who are, you know, involved in planning out exactly how that's all going to happen. And, and the great thing is when you have tens of millions of dollars and your name's Christopher Nolan, it's possible to do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, right, I can't right. say there's a lot of other people in the world who even, you know, could mm-hmm. try to do it. Um, because of the way things work these days, but yeah, James Cameron. Yeah, you know, James Cameron probably another, but you know, there's probably you know a single digit number know, of folks for sure, for at sure. this point who can yeah. can afford to try to do crazy stuff like crash a plane, an actual plane into an actual building, and just do who it. Who did that? In Tenet. Oh, okay. Spoiler alert. That was um, it was driving though, right? It was on the ground. yeah, it's on the ground. So yeah, it's not they don't flying. fly into a building. It's not flying, but it is. It does crash into a no, building. That's kind of cool. That's pretty cool. We're we're picking back up. We lost yeah. we lost sound for a second. Now I it's where, working. I don't know where it cut off, but we're good now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll do a little recap. You went to Los Angeles for. A, I went to LA for a film. For a film, film thing. camp when I was in high school. Yes. When I was fifteen. And we were talking about that you. Had a point and shoot camera for a bit. You were yeah. you were kind of the the family photographer, mm-hmm. and when in high school, when you're trying to figure out where to where to branch off, there's actor, there's director, there's the camera person, yeah, known as the director of photography. Mm-hmm. You leaned that way, whereas I leaned toward the actor way for whatever reason, and then I waited many years before I tried it because I'm a chicken. And then here we are, but <laughs> and that's the show. <laughs> But, um, all right, so you were about to jump into talking mm-hmm. about after the alley experience. Yeah. I'm curious to know what, what steps you took to, uh, to further explore the filmmaking stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, what, what did you have access to, and, and how did that work? Yeah, so I... Um, it's still I was, in Oklahoma. I'm still, still in Tulsa. Um, I was lucky enough to go to a... To a high school that had a very um, strong and supportive arts program, mm-hmm. and we basically a friend of mine who was had some similar filmmaking interests. Um, he and I 
convince the school to let us start a filmmaking club mm. in our high school. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, they gave us, um, I'm not sure they actually gave us a lot of money, or, or maybe not even any money, but they uh, sanctioned us having a club at Yeah, school they gave you like a room or something. They were like, you know, we could promote ourselves and, and stuff. And um, basically it just turned into me and my friends making uh, these goofy little short films mm -hmm. under the, the moniker of, of the high school. Okay, okay. And, um, and then we did a few of these and <clears throat> sort of in our own little world sort of uh, ramped up the scope of what we were trying to do. And over time, uh, at, to the point by the end of high school, by the end of our senior year, we had shot this 10 minute long um, action movie short film, mm -hmm. sort of comedy action short film, and uh, got the school to show it somehow to the entire high school before school started one day Whoa. in our performing arts cool. auditorium space. And scary. And um, I thought, I mean, it was, it was super cool for mm -hmm. me as a high school mm -hmm. kid to be able to have, um, with my friends, made this thing and be really proud of it and then show it off to, to okay, everyone. Okay. And that was you know, sort of, uh, you know, a, a really strong motivation for me sort of from the beginning has been the, the enjoyment I get from being able to make something that I think is good, which doesn't always happen. Mm -hmm. But when you do think it, it's good being able to show it to your friends and be like, hey, like, look at this thing we did. And yeah, you know, yeah, hopefully yeah. that they like it too. For sure. So I'm going to rewind a tiny bit to the formation of this club. Because mm -hmm. I'm very, you mentioned that it was you and a friend kind of started this mm -hmm. thing. Did it, were, how did, what was the dynamic there and who was kind of taking charge on establishing how this thing was going to work? Mm -hmm. And so being that you had this alley experience, did you mm -hmm. kind of take the lead and handle some, some stuff or like, how did, how did, yeah. I, I mean, how did I you guys it was, know what to do? It was pretty, it was pretty organic. I think, um, my, my friend had also, he went to a, a different filmmaking club and okay. went uh, filmmaking camp in uh, in high school and um you know we had we were sort of developing this interest sort of in parallel um and this club really just started as the two of us and a few other kids just running around with a camera and yeah. making videos that we thought were you yeah know, i mean you're just having fun were interesting we were just having fun so uh, it okay. wasn't it wasn't really formal it wasn't like, sense. all right, you're the director, I'm the DP, um, like trying to practice on the on the we, titles. But or we anything. did we did get to that point by the end of by the end of the year, by the end of our senior year, um, like that that short film I, that we showed to the school, mm -hmm. um, that was mostly um, mostly written by my friend. I was the the nominal DP. Um, they were the director. Yeah, yeah. And we had you know we had roles I guess in a in a basic sense, but it was very, very fluid and collaborative mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. you know, wasn't, you know, it's not like being on a, a big time sure, thing. Sure. It's just, you know, high school kids haven't, haven't okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. trying to make the best thing that we could. Yeah. Um, but we took it, we took it pretty seriously. Uh, 
by by the last few projects we did. You know, we were we were trying hard to make something that we thought was good, mm -hmm. and um, you know, I don't know how well we succeeded. I think looking back on it, it's a little. There's some iffy moments, well, of but, course. But, uh, always... but no, it was a great experience. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I don't know. Where can people find that stuff? <laughs> it's you can probably <laughs> find it if you look hard enough. Um, actually, I, I might have taken it all off. It's probably all unlisted online at this point. Okay, it was online you, you for a while, a, and I kind of, I kind of, I kind of uh, scrubbed it a little bit Shucks. at a certain point. But if anyone really wants to see it. Just tweet get in it, touch. Just, tweet just get in it, touch. Yeah. Instagram. Give me a text. I'll let you know. Cool. All right. So that's high school. Mm -hmm. Now you have this experience. You got to show showcase the work to the entire mm -hmm. school. I think that's super cool. I know I would be dying of anxiety up to the up to the moment. Like I still get really scared even mm -hmm. just watching one person watch my stuff. <laughs> oh man. And, and I don't know. And I get that. Yeah, where I'm just like, but um, it's still, so, all right, okay. Did you have a thought on that? Or? No, I mean, I think it's it's funny. I mean, we, um, there, I, I, I've definitely felt, you know, some of that anxiety when, I'm, when I've shown things to people. Um, I think especially when I was that age, I mm -hmm. had a little bit of a cockiness to me, though. Like, I thought... Mm -hmm certainly more than warranted that I yeah, was, you yeah, know, yeah, I was, cool. you know, I was cool. I knew what I was doing. You know, I'm this, you know, I'm going to be really good at whatever I try to do. So, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. this is good. Um, so I was, I mean, I was psyched. Is to there, show it off to is people. there any weight lifted? Cause I feel like, I don't know if it's a director thing or like being that say like your friend was the one that wrote the story and had the vision on that. So you weren't really tied to like, this is the thing we made mm -hmm. and this, the conception was you. It was mm -hmm. more like the visuals were you and people like, does, does that take any think, weight off? I don't think so. I mean, in that case, no, I think it was, you know, it was such a product of both of us. Um, mm -hmm. they wouldn't have existed without right, both of us right. being involved and even more so, I mean, then, you know, if today I'm hired to be the DP on something or other, you know, this was, you know, I was, almost a unwritten director in a sense of mm -hmm. having or maybe a producer I guess and having spearheaded making this thing come yeah. together in the first place you know I, I, I definitely identified it with it really closely no no I'm sure, I'm sure and I think I mean I still do with a lot of things well, you know I, with any personal project you know I I try to you know take as much ownership over it as yeah, I can yeah I don't want to if I'm going to distance myself from something, I mean, why should I do it in the first place? No, no, no. I'm not really saying distancing. I'm thinking more like, I know when people watch, let's say, for instance, me, a Jenny, and also me, yeah. a short film that you DP'd that I yeah. directed, and people watch it, I'm, I, and then people will comment on like how great the visuals are or something. Like, I know that that wasn't, I, I feel like that's not me. It's like, all right, that's, that's, um, that's all Max. <laughs> He's awesome. Like that kind Thank of you. stuff. And then uh, if it's a story thing, then I, okay, then that, then yeah. that's, that's yeah. me. But when people are watching and, or they criticize, let's just say if somebody criticizes like the acting or the score or something, I'm like, well, if, as a director, it feels like everything kind of falls on you in some way. Mm -hmm. We're like, well, I, I, I kind of yeah. liked it, but um, 
No, and I, I get that. I mean, the the job of a director is, mm-hmm. man, it's it's hard, and I've, I haven't really done it. But I just from everything I see, you know, basically exactly what you're saying. You know, ultimately, everything falls on you, and that's. And then when it's done right, and when then it's I done did, right, it's I just, great. I just but, hand the credit you know, off to the other person. It's so much pressure. <laughs> it's like it wasn't really me. It's so much pressure. It's Max. So. Um, so I just wasn't sure if being the DP, it's maybe just easier to show off stuff. But maybe it's this probably just not. I don't know. I think. I mean. In in more of like the concurrent context, like what I do now, and sure. you know, as a you know, growing up, not in high school, things are man. things are things are somewhat different. But um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I like to I like to uh, show off whatever work I can do that I'm proud of. Hundred percent. Okay. So, what? How? How is it for you, being that you had that experience? deciding where to go next like you kind of mentioned that you're you were kind of brought up in this getting ahead kind of mindset mm. with camps and all this kind of yeah, stuff so yeah. what was what was it like yeah so this this is sort of the neck the the root of the rest of my life story is what you sort of just mentioned this this mindset um you know i was saying you know i was always a nerdy kid mm-hmm. in you know in the sense that I studied hard, I got good grades. I was, it was sort of always this understanding that, you know, you wanted to um, achieve uh, to, you know, your greatest extent of your abilities. That was sort of, you know, um, something that was mm-hmm. just the expectation in, in my family and uh, most of the people, I know a lot of people I went to school with, um, that was just <laughs> the way that, that you were. Yeah, like if and, you're gonna do it, you're gonna, be the best at it kind yeah, of thing? Yeah, I mean, not, gonna... not necessarily people pressuring you like you have to be the best and, you know, your parents are, um, you know, forcing you to do things and, you know, take piano lessons when you don't want to or something like that. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, all the stuff I was doing was was my own choice. Like I wanted to to excel, whatever, but I, I didn't really, um, whatever that meant. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't necessarily um, sure where I wanted to go. I just wanted to, to, you know, when I was when I was that age, I just wanted to be really good at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So you know, I got good grades. I got into a to a, to a great college. Um, Dartmouth, right? I went to Dartmouth. Um, that's actually how, through a roundabout series of events, I met Eddie. Um, because oh yes. of uh, yeah. because of Michael G. Gable, who was my classmate. Shout in out college. to Michael G. Gable. Shout out to Michael Gable. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, I I funny. didn't really ever seriously think about film school um, for undergrad. Like, I maybe thought about it for two seconds, but I was like, you know, I don't know that I want to do that. I want to get. I want to, you know. Go to this before, great school. Before you jump further, yeah. I did want to clarify for people. Michael G. Gable was one of the lead actors in my first feature mm-hmm. film that just came out, Amazon Prime Video. Yep. It's, uh, it's what's on the inside. He plays Brady. And then, um, yeah, he was a connector to you because you had just moved into town or whatever. Yeah, or I just moved here. When... And I, I was just like, I could use any help I can get. And yeah. he threw your name out and you yeah yeah you i just came out or... came on to set for a couple of days when we were shooting in i think your was your apartment yeah michelle's yeah apartment. it was the main the main location of the yeah, movie. yeah and yeah had a couple of solid days and that that was the big yeah so that no for sure so 
I don't know. For that creates a nice foundational yeah. layer of knowing what type of person you are, like all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then Michael's a great guy too, and yeah. His, yeah, it's all been very nice. And I'm glad that that we're still that we're mm-hmm. that we that we've been able to to uh, grow from there. Yeah, but, absolutely. Right. So Dartmouth. So so yeah. Um, and you went to school there. So for... I went. I went there. I mean, it's a liberal arts college, so um, you know, nominally my major was environmental studies with a minor in philosophy. Mm. Um, I took classes in, you know, all over the place from, you know, earth science to psychology to film studies. Okay. Okay. Um, Snuck that in there. You know, some, did some art classes, drawing architecture. Sure. Sure. Um, So, you know, it wasn't all, um, you know, time in the library, Mm -hmm. but, um, you know, it's in, pretty pretty serious education. And what was the master plan? Did you have a? And I, you, yeah. I didn't have a plan, and that was, um, you know, like I was saying, it was just this idea that, you know, you keep striving to get sort of attain the next level. But I didn't really um, have a lot of focus, I think, career wise mm-hmm. or you know, academically even. Um, once I once I got to school there. Um, I, you know, still was interested in film mm-hmm. and was part of a couple like little student productions that I found out, you know, different, different people were doing. Um, so did it, kind of, did it go like on the back burner? And it was a little or? bit on the back burner, okay, I think. Yeah. Um, definitely was not a focus yeah. at all um, for most of my time in college. Um, you know, my, okay. which is great, which is okay. Um, and and I had, you know, I don't want to disparage my college experience at all. It was fantastic. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it, you know, some of my best friends of my whole life were from there. Mm-hmm. Some of my best experiences were there. Um, it's a fantastic place. But um, film, the film career was just not really in the picture for the most part. Yeah. Well, because, um, like, I don't know if we talked about it, but for me... I went to, I did five years in college chasing mining engineering and came out with that degree. And I didn't even, like I said, I waited forever to even try mm-hmm. the acting stuff that I wanted to do. Yeah. Like I waited till year five of college to take an acting class, like an intro to acting mm-hmm. class. And then I graduated and, and then started to film stuff from there. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I didn't even know film was... It wasn't even on my radar, yeah. like whatsoever. I'm just like, gotta get these classes done and get this, get this backup plan, air, air quotes, uh, so I can fall back into this this profession, whatever. That was kind of my my thing. So I was kind of curious on, you say environmental environmental science studies, yeah, yeah. So I wasn't sure if you had a different focus that you're like, this is kind of what I want to be, but I'm not, I'm not, hundred yeah, percent on. I it. think, um, I mean. The, the the essence of my academic experience in college, I think, was uh, lack of focus, for better or worse. Um, you know, I took classes in things that I found interesting, but mm-hmm. I don't think really at any point I was like, this is where I see myself in 10 years and I'm going to, like, orient my college um, experience towards that. Right, right, right. I was just, you know, kind of pushing forward. I was, um, I was on the crew team, so I had spent a lot of time doing that. Um, I was in on the, uh, what team? the rowing team. Okay. You said crew uh, also team? called also known as crew. Okay. I was um, like crew where you have a bunch of people in a boat. We all have oars and we go backwards mm-hmm. for, uh, you know, between 
two and six thousand meters at a time mm. racing. Nice. Very uh, old-fashioned, yeah. uh, sort of blue-blooded experience. Sounds very college. Yes. Yeah. Very, uh, very of that of that part of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was spending a lot of time doing other stuff and. Um, not so much thinking about far into the future, really even after graduation. Um, you know, I did one summer, it was the summer after my, um, uh, it was the summer after my junior year. Um, no, it was the fall, it was the fall of my junior year that I went to, um, uh, every student at, at Dartmouth has to take a, a term where they go off campus and they have some sort of off campus experience where they're like doing an internship or a job or like during they the, do during some the... during the academic year. Uh-huh. So you like you take the fall of I in my case I took the fall of my junior year off and um, you know, whereas a lot of kids would they get a job doing some sort of I don't know, research or they do some sort of I don't know finance type of thing in New York City or I don't know they yeah, do whatever sure, sure. they go do you know uh, they do whatever they want um, I decided because I didn't really have a strong career focus but I knew oh I still love filmmaking even though it's kind of been on the back burner for mm-hmm. a while um, I was like oh what if I live in LA for a couple months and you know see what that lifestyles like because mm-hmm. I know in this like sort of you know young person's perspective that I like making movies what would it be like to do it in the hub of the entire industry you know what what is that lifestyle like and so it was kind of like a idea was to explore and yeah, yeah. see if that was something that I thought was going to be for me yeah um, so I somehow convinced my parents to let me rent an apartment in LA for two months in the fall of uh, 2010 yeah, and uh, moved out here, didn't really know anyone, and um, tried to basically find my way onto as many sets as I could, just to see what that experience was. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I had never been on the only set I'd ever been on was student film. Yeah, in, the ones in that, high school or college, yeah, which yeah. is you know what whatever that is. It's something, um, it's which something. is something, but it's not, you know, it's a little different. Um, so I came out here and, um, and actually managed to get on a bunch of really small music videos and mm-hmm. student films mm-hmm. for like USC and uh, uh, Loyola Marymount student productions and um, met a handful of people. But um, also had a lot of days where I was just like doing nothing, and I didn't have any friends here, and I was really lonely, <laughs> and I was a kid, um, you know, I was twenty, yeah, so um, sure. you know, didn't actually have a super positive experience at the end of it. Mm. You know, my 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 uh, sort of the it. final, yeah, my final sort of recollection of it was, man, I was just kind of like a little lonely out there and I worked on some sets, but they were, you know, I was a PA or I was, you know, assisting the grip, carrying things around. Yeah, and yeah, I didn't really not, like have not, any, I was not like too involved, you yeah. know, I, I came out there being like, Oh, like I, maybe I want to be a DP. Like I'm going to have some, I didn't really know what I was doing, but I was like, Oh, I'm going to have some ex- creative experience. And I just didn't, I sort of yeah. got caught up in like a little bit of a grinder. 
the few times I got on set. And uh, yeah, I was just like, ah, I don't know. After that, I was like, maybe, maybe I'll do something else. Maybe this mm. isn't for me. And that was, you know, weight obviously is not uh, the, the, the whole of possibilities. I, I no, maybe you know, sure. jumped to some conclusions. Well, okay, but, there's you know. a couple of things there because uh, two months in LA is like it's definitely, <laughs> yeah, right? it's definitely not enough time to set any sort of foundation. No. But it's cool that you were at least able to get on some sets and get that experience yeah. um and then i'm still wrapping my head around the fact that this was for school too <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm like wait that's so, kinda, like a weird it's a it's a weird thing um life experience is important yeah i mean it's it's just some something that is part of that you know part of the school's yeah program i know for yeah. me to graduate i had to do a summer internship at a mine mm -hmm. but that was like during the summer i yeah so that was like my requirement versus taking the semester off to explore LA. Lucky, lucky. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Lucky, no, no. maybe. <laughs> wow. In some That's ways, tough. I think it, it set me back a little bit just because. On that, on that specific on that On the trajectory, I think. Mm -hmm. um, or at least it changed the trajectory in a way that pushed things out mm -hmm. for a very long time. Okay. Because okay. I, um, you know, maybe... Who knows what would have happened if that if I hadn't done that, or if I if I had had a really positive experience. I've, sometimes I've thought about you know what if I had had the best experience of my life and I had you, would you never, know, gotten you to meet some some great people and then I moved to LA immediately after college. Uh, you know you, you go on these you never would spiral. have gone back to college at all. <laughs> you know who knows what would have happened. Um, obviously it didn't. Okay, so you but, had that experience, and I totally yeah. get that experience for sure because it's high likelihood that that's going to be the initial experience in Los Angeles. For most people, probably. Yeah, when you move here and you don't know anybody and you're just trying to get on set, you get on set in those capacities mm -hmm. and they're just such high turnover positions. There's people aren't trying to connect with you, yeah. like all that kind of stuff. So mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's rough. Um, all right, so you went back feeling a little bit, a little bit down on yourself with that yeah. trajectory. Yeah. So then I'm just, I'm, I'm wait. Well, continue the story. I'm yeah. very curious on how, like, what what brought you back, or like, what changed, but what's um. What changed from then till now? No, I mean, I mean, let's, let's pick up back where we yeah. were, okay. where you get back from the experience. You're mm -hmm. going back to college. Yeah. And. Uh, you graduate. Yeah. Yeah. So. Because um, that was junior year. Yeah, that was my junior fall. So you know, two months. Uh, in LA, you know, go back to school, have a great rest of my college experience. Mm -hmm. Don't do really any film, much of any film related stuff. Um, made like a couple little projects for fun, um, but you know, wasn't planning mm -hmm. on this being my career for the rest of my life. I was like, oh, you know, this is something, it's a hobby, I guess, yeah, yeah, yeah. but maybe not. Creative me. outlet of some yeah. kind, yeah. Um, and uh, went off and had a, a brief career um, in a corporate job that mm. I had found in my um, senior year of college, which is through this process that a lot of you know a lot of kids go through um, at that school, and um, and hated it. And mm, um, the office life. Yeah, it was. Um, I was so it. What it did was um, basically, I moved from. I graduated school. 
I moved to Boston, mm, lived mm -hmm. in Boston doing this corporate job, and it was a terrible experience for the job. Uh, a lot of other things about that time were, were better, but uh, the job itself was terrible. Yeah, yeah. And um, was like, man, I, I don't think a corporate job is for me, for so sure. What, what about it? I just, but, we, I, I can kind of get what the general corporate job life is yeah. like, but is there anything specific in, um, or yeah i mean there's you know people you could say all sorts of generic um like common uh you know uh cliche stuff about it yeah, but yeah. um this this particular job was kind of interesting i don't know if, if we can go on a digression that sure is random but please, please. um basically i got uh i signed up for this gig it was uh, supposed to be working as a uh a uh, technology consultant for a uh, company that did um, software implementation of healthcare exchanges for state governments. So like when you sign up for Obamacare in uh, Vermont, mm -hmm. that was like what this, this company made, like the website that did yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, you know, going back to the nerdiness thing, you know, had, uh, you know, always been separately from all this other stuff I've been talking about, interested in computers and, you know, web development and, you know, mm -hmm. small programming stuff. And so I found my way into this job, which I thought, you know, I was going to get a decent paycheck right out of school and I can live in a cool city like Boston and, you know, I'll be making the world a better place by giving them healthcare. And, you know, I thought, oh, this sure, is a sure. cool thing and it'll yeah. just be like a great first job. Um, go there, and it turns out that the company does not have um, as much business as it had thought it was going to have when mm -hmm. it hired me and a bunch of other newly graduated, um, you know, first year out of college people. And so I spent about eight months going to work every day in this big, shiny office tower in downtown Boston, um, and basically would go into work, sit at my desk, and have nothing to do. Like, and I mean nothing, like literally nothing to do from nine to five o'clock every day for probably six, six or seven months. And okay. I know it sounds like an absurd and potentially impossible situation, but I swear this is, was my life. So, so it was more like seven months. So they, so they were like, we don't have work for you, but. We're gonna pay you. We're gonna pay you to just show and up you just, and you keep your and job. You just, and I, I don't know if they just didn't realize. I'll, I'll also note this company went out of business mm -hmm. a few years later, which probably makes sense. They're considering of... that they were keeping people on payroll who were doing nothing for eight months at a time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so if it were a different time, you could request to work from home or something. Yeah. Know? Yeah. This was the time when <laughs> you know the before times. Before COVID, when yeah. we went into office, that's crazy. Whoa. <laughs> so yeah, me and my buddies, uh, my work friends who mm -hmm. I met, you know, we spent a lot of time watching Netflix. We would goof off. We would just hang out. Yeah. We would surf the internet. It was terrible. I mean, it was kind of great, but also terrible. Yeah. Because yeah. you're like, oh, this is. Maybe some people would be like, oh, that's great, because you that's can just chill and get paid. Yeah. But I'm like. I thought I was going to do something with my life, man. I'm just sitting here every day. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know. It's not that great for your mental health, maybe. No, for sure. Okay, that sounds like a rough time. Interesting yeah, Interesting time. Interesting, interesting. time. It, things could be far worse. I'm not necessarily yeah, yeah, complaining. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Um, uh, 
was looking for a way out pretty quickly. Um, you know, after after a few months of that, I was like, this probably isn't a place for me to stay for very long. Um, but like, still, like, didn't really know where I wanted to go with with um, mm -hmm. with my career, and. Yeah. Um, yeah. Segue into the second act of my film journey. Yeah, your life. Where I so far. was scrolling my inbox one day at this office where I had nothing to do and saw an email from a uh, alumni, Dartmouth alumni, like listserv, like a mailing list, mm -hmm. where someone was asking if anyone knew someone in the Boston area who had an environmental science or studies type of background and an interest in filmmaking. That's like Who ding, 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 would check, have thought that check, there could check, possibly check. be this type of email landing in, in your in your inbox, but somehow that happened. Mm -hmm. So what, what it was was um, this movie called The Judge, which was a, a studio feature. It came out in 2014 with Robert Downey Jr., Robert mm. Duvall, um, Dang. It's like a okay, sort of yeah, like yeah. a courtroom drama, family drama. Yeah. Um, father son story. Father son story. Um, decent film, not great, not terrible. It's all right. Um, basically, they were shooting in Boston the summer of 2013, and they were looking for the studio Warner's was looking for someone to be what they called the environmental steward of the production. So they had this like corporate so, so social responsibility sustainability initiative, which I think they they still have it. It's, I think it's changed a little bit, but part of that was they wanted to assign a person to every production who would be in charge of trying to make the physical uh, the physical production as sustainable as possible. So um, I had never had that job before. Mm -hmm. um, I had never worked on a big movie set before, but I knew I liked, I thought I knew I liked um, film production and I had- You thought you knew? <laughs> I thought I, I, I didn't really know anything, um, but uh, I was like, I was like, I've had some experience here. Um, sure. It's an interest. And it's an out. And it's a way to get out of this job right now. And um, it seems like I'm exactly qualified somehow. So, um, I emailed back and got in touch with the, the production coordinator on this movie. And they were like, all right, like, um, can you start like on Monday? I, so I went and in, interviewed and they were like, okay, sound, sounds like you're good. Can you start on Monday? And this is like a Thursday. I'm working a corporate job where you, it's not really like you, um, you know, peace out and jump on to the next one. Right, right, right. So I'm like, man, that's, uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> I, mean, I was like, absolutely. Yes, please. So, uh, you know, maybe not the normal way to quit, but um, the next day I went into to work and I was like, hey, I'm gone. Um, I'm going to be doing something else now. And, uh, you know, this is my notice. It's not really notice because it's happening in two days, but I'm yeah. going, like I'm today, going one today, way or another. Today's my last day. Today's yeah. my last day, you know. Um, I'm sure they were fine. And they were totally fine, actually. Like, all right. They were like, you haven't really done anything <laughs> anyway, so that's all good. Um, okay. And yeah, turn, turn the corner on that. And so I spent a summer, um, it was probably three months, the summer of 2013, working as the, the environmental steward on the judge, going 
between the production office and wherever set was that day, um, largely being a glorified recycling man, where yeah. I would set out um, recycling cans and composting yeah. bins across the set and be in charge of making sure those were filled up with everyone's bottles and cans and that those got recycled or at a certain, some, at some locations composted as well. We got mm -hmm. composting service mm -hmm. for everyone's catering and crafty leftovers. Yeah. So, um, which I think is, uh, which is actually a big thing. There's so many water bottles. There's a lot of set. waste on set. There's so much waste. And I feel like it's only getting worse right now with, with the mm -hmm. COVID The COVID, the COVID has ruined this stuff. All of that progress. All is, the progress has just been thrown out by this COVID stuff. It's terrible. I, I was surprised with how quickly productions were willing to just roll back all the progress on mm -hmm. that. Because... They don't care, I think. I mean... It's all... <laughs> they, it's... When you say they don't care, they care about what is going to be the most beneficial for what them. Makes and them getting having people not get sick and not having to shut down the show is probably more important mm -hmm. to them. So the priority becomes keeping people safe. And yeah, COVID. I get that. You know, I, and I guess environmentalist stuff is like second oh. second priority. I get it. We'll see what happens. We'll get, we'll get back to we'll it. get back to it. I hope we get back to it because it's, it's not good. All right, so being that you were, like you said, a glorified recycle man of some kind, mm -hmm. did you have an opportunity to explore or familiarize with any, with any new knowledge yeah. acquired um, sneakily? I, I think that the, the biggest thing I learned from that experience was um, I got to see what a big production actually looked like. Mm -hmm. um, and that's something, you know, even How? since I've been in L.A., I haven't never been on a production that big. How big again? Here. How many? How it's probably a forty million dollar movie. A lot of people. That's big. Um, we were on location for 40, 40 day shoot. I think that's we're it. We're on location for like two thirds of it, and then on stage where they had built a bunch of sets, like big sets, like houses inside in a courtroom, mm -hmm. and all this stuff inside a giant yeah, warehouse. Yeah. Um, it was big. I mean, yeah. it gets bigger, of course. No, but, forty million. But it was it was uh, you know a real deal. Um, and just getting to see that, even though I wasn't certainly wasn't doing nothing creative, in some ways was like indirectly even contributing to the production. You know, I was making sure that the water bottles got put in the right bins and the leftovers got put in the right bins. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, that's yeah. that's what it's worth. Um, but just getting to see that was so cool. I mean, it's it's really. Um, really fantastic yeah. and um, fascinating and just insane to see the scale of the way things work when you've never seen that in your whole life. Um, and even still, you know, you rarely see that, at I, least at my level. You I, know, I still rarely see stuff like that. I feel like I've never seen that. My record, I was a director's personal assistant on a $7 million indie <laughs> But it still felt like an indie. Mm -hmm. It's just like the people are better, and there's like mm -hmm. cool horse wranglers and stunt yeah, people, and yeah. so it doesn't. But otherwise, um, it I, wasn't too too different from what I'm used to. Yeah. Uh, so I'd I'd be curious to see. Yeah, I, um, that seems cool. I mean, it's it's cool. It it does the from my memory the 
the um, the shine of it, like the the wonder of being in this part of this giant army of film mm-hmm. people, it, it wears off pretty quickly. You get used to it, and yeah, then yeah, you get yeah. tired of it, and I'm then sure. you're like, "Why am I waking up right now?" Well, that's why. I don't, that's why I don't <laughs> like the idea of you know. Um, so it's you know, the, there's both sides of it. Of TV, of TV life seems kind of like that to me. Yeah. Where I hear um, friends that are staffed. Last, I don't think it's you're crewed up on a on a show, which sounds super cool. Then you find out that they're a PA on the show, and that they're the specific PA that manages the walkies mm-hmm. or whatever. And it's like, well, it's cool that you're on the show, but you're doing eight months managing walkies yeah. or whatever. It yeah. seems like a grind. It's a huge grind. Yeah. Um, I mean, for certainly for me, given given my role, but also tons and tons of other yeah, yeah. people. You know, you're it's a job, you're showing up, you're doing a lot of the same stuff every day. You know, the interesting part, it was really fun, I think, um, when we were on location. You know, there's a, a lot of different locations in the movie. We would spend, um, we actually spent a week and a half or two weeks um, at a totally different, in a totally different part of the state, mm-hmm. doing a um, bunch of shooting in like the Berkshires Mountains, which are like mm-hmm. Western Massachusetts in this small town, which was like the small town of the movie. Most of the movie shot in different parts of suburban Boston and on yeah, stage, yeah. but for all like the like the Main Street exteriors and stuff, we got to go to this town and we all lived there in a hotel and we got to check out this cool mountain town and basically take the entire thing over and mm-hmm. infuriate the locals and, and do all that great movie movie crew stuff. Yeah. Um, Crazy. But but you know being a part of the traveling circus and seeing just different places every day that's cool, um, but especially once you get onto stage and you're just going to the same stage every day, in the same ice cold cavern full of equipment and kind of just doing the same thing every day it gets a little bit mm-hmm. less exciting. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So you did that. Yeah, and then. That was how long? You said it was 40 days. You didn't jump on like day one though. You came I in. Was, I, I think I got on, they brought me on a little late. I think I got there probably day four or something. No, oh, okay. So I was pretty Early much enough. the whole thing. Yeah. And that occupied you for a few months, a couple months. Yeah. Yeah. I would think from, from the, the run of the show and then I was there for like a, a week for rap. Um, so yeah, I mean, basically it was my whole summer, mm-hmm. about three months I'd say. Okay, and then what? what? And then I was like, what else am I going to do with my life? Um, And back to the big question. Yeah, so I think by the end of the experience, again, we're still rolling. Yeah, yeah, we're good. good. Um, Yeah, I mean, by the end of that, I was like, man, I've spent the last three months as like the garbage man. And. Again, you talk to Robert you know, Janusz Kaminski is the DP, and he like I don't really know how to become that dude. Because um, he was a dude. Janusz. Oh, he's he he's like uh, done a bunch of Spielberg movies, and oh, okay, you know, okay. he's like a big time big time you, guy. I'm assuming you got to you got to see and I got him. to see I mean I got you to got see, see the work and stuff. Yeah. Um, but also like I didn't I didn't get to see quite as much of like the most intimate parts as I would have loved to just because of the nature of my role I'm like sort of at a PA tier of authority sure, sure. and so it's you know you don't really get to stand by the camera a lot 
Um, so I almost like didn't, I got to see like the periphery of it, but you know, I wasn't really there in the right, inner right, circle right. where I wanted to be. Yeah, that's why I loved my director assisting gig that I had on that one feature because I was like, I had the excuse to be like by the director a lot and be in the action. It's very nice. Very not, cool. not to rub that in your face. Super cool. But... Super cool that you got to do that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I didn't have like a, I wouldn't say it was a super fulfilling, certainly wasn't a creatively fulfilling right, right, experience. Right. And I didn't, um, I didn't walk away for whatever reason being like, this is the career for me. Certainly not being the environmental steward. That is a tough job and uh, wasn't something I really wanted to do again. But I also wasn't thinking, oh, you know, I want to get on the next set and then I can be a, a PA, a normal PA, and then I could be a, I don't know, start doing something else and work, work my way up and whatever. be a camera PA. I don't know. I wasn't, I didn't have this mindset that this is the lifestyle and the industry that I want to spend the rest of my life in. I was like, this was a great experience, but I'm not sure this is what I'm going to spend, mm -hmm. you know, forever doing. Um, so, so I you're still in Boston now. Still yeah. in Boston, yeah. and I spend um, a little bit looking for jobs and normal jobs. Normal jobs, not film jobs. Not wasn't even looking at film jobs. Um, found my way working for a bicycle sharing startup company, mm -hmm. Lime Bike, which is not called Lime Bike, but is similar idea. Yeah. yeah. And because, um, you know, I, I guess I have all these interests in my life, I guess, and biking, of course. Is one okay, of them. okay. I would, so I guess it, it, it started because I um, like bike to work when I had the first, the corporate job. But Boston's a very bike friendly city. Mm. So instead of having a car or riding the subway in Boston, which is like notoriously terrible, I thought, oh, I'll ride my bike to work every day. It's like two and a half miles, I'll get some exercise. And it kind of became part of my lifestyle and like almost part of my identity in a way, being this mm. bike commuter. And I biked for fitness and um, did some road riding and it was just something I liked to do. Yeah, so yeah. it's like looked for jobs relating to bicycles. Go figure. Got this job. Ended up working at this bike sharing startup for the next four years. Oh. Um, time, time flies. Um, nothing here is related to film industry at all. Um, completely went on the back burner for that whole experience. So is it four years and it flew by because time flies when you're having fun? Or um, I, it, I was, it was a really ways? engaging time in my life. Um, I got burnt out of it at the end. Um, it's a whole other story that we don't sure, need to get into, sure. but, um, uh, and, but it was, you know, I, I think I learned a lot from, from that whole, you know, career experience, met a lot of cool people, got to do a lot of cool traveling, mm -hmm. um, helped create, um, you know, this, this bike sharing thing, which was super fun. Um, but in the end, um, decided I wanted to do something else. Yeah. yeah. And, um, Kind of wasn't really sure what else I wanted to do though. I I it's found a myself it's a recurring, into a point. It's a yeah, thing. yeah. I, I'd say if anything that my twenties were sort of this like extremely protracted experience in like finding something and sure. then doing it and then 
just I think that sounds about right. Yeah. It. yeah, yeah. It's just you know not unusual, I guess. But yeah, it's difficult. You know, you're know finding you yourself like you're saying. It took you forever to you know figure it out exactly. Mm-hmm. I know. I yeah. think me too. Uh, it takes time. Yeah, it takes time. It takes uh, exploration and trial and error, and sometimes years. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of years. Um, okay. You yeah. Know, at this point, I. Um, I, I met my, my now wife, Kate, when I was in Boston. At this point, we had moved to Providence, Rhode Island. Mm. Um, she was uh, in med school there. And I was commuting to Boston by train every day. And um, uh, for the bike job. For the bike job. Um, ended up, you know, when I left that, I was, um, you know, sort of just at home trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life next mm-hmm. and, um, you know, had some, some times of deep introspection and almost like, uh, about th- 2017, I guess, um, had a moment, I guess like a moment of clarity. It was like almost like an epiphany one day where I remembered this filmmaking thing, which I had, I guess the judge, the judge was kind of an anomaly because I didn't really feel like I was ever a filmmaker. It was kind of just this, this garbage guy. But, um, you know, thinking back to, you know, when I was in L.A., when I was in college or when I was in high school making movies with my friends or, um, you know, all these much more positive experiences, um, I, I was thought to myself, why did I forget about that? Because that was something I had, I had really loved doing, mm-hmm. but I had never, beyond the like brief LA experience, which like almost doesn't even count, never really explored it to in a direction that could logically like take me in a direction that I wanted to go. Mm-hmm. I had kind of dipped my toe in like the wrong part of it and left immediately twice. Um, and... I resolved, I guess, in my mind, this is the next thing I'm going to try to do. Mm-hmm. And I think, actually, this might be what it is for me. And uh, let's let's see what it would be like to, to spend life making images on the screen. Right, right. Um, it's weird how that works, though, right? It's like when, when something clicks... And then you like look back, and it's like the answer is pretty obvious here. Mm-hmm. How did how like like in hindsight, you're like whoa, I, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. I don't I don't really know exactly how it happened. Um, you know, I will add. You know, it makes it's maybe it sort of sounds like oh, I'm completely neglected everything for this you know entire I don't know seven year period. Throughout this time, I've took tons of still photography. You know, we were talking about when I was sure, a kid, sure. yeah, yeah. you know, being the family photographer and everything. Yeah, yeah um, you never quite stopped on that, I, on that front. Yeah, I mean, I, I never stopped taking pictures. Um, tons of stills. I had a couple of photography blogs at different points uh, in that period. Um, mm-hmm. Shot a bunch of, like, 35-millimeter celluloid film, a uh, bunch of stuff on all sorts of different cameras. Um, yeah. You know, it, just uh, doing tons of photography, yeah. but not really a lot of filmmaking sure um but you know like still still still, still exercising the, the visual compositions muscle. all yeah. that kind of stuff yeah um and 
yeah, rediscovered, rediscovered this whole kind of thing when I was, uh, I guess it was about four years ago now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I imagine the deep meditative introspection states, you're just kind of like, your brain's just kind of going all over the place until, until it grabs that, mm -hmm. that one thing. Well, congrats on finding <laughs> <it>. <laughs> Congrats on finding your passion. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's certainly been a long road, you know, if we're just getting to the current iteration of who Max is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, being in, in Providence or, or Boston or, you know, um, it's not really the, a filmmaking nexus of the world. Mm -hmm. um, so it was a big challenge you know, it's one thing to be sitting on the couch and be like, oh, I'm going to be a DP now. But you're still sitting on the couch in Providence and you don't know anyone who does that mm -hmm. for, mm -hmm. you know, hundreds of miles. So um, it was a journey to try to figure out how to actually enact this, yeah, yeah. You know, this idea. Okay. Just the you know, is in your so head. Where, where you how, do I, how do I be a filmmaker so, now? So how did you? Because <laughs> <laughs> um, this is yeah. this might be like an advice segment too, in terms of if you're if you find yourself if you if you if you're in a spot where you're not surrounded by the I don't know how to describe it like you don't have the uh, resources available to you to actually pursue the thing you want to do. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people. So yeah. Like, yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, it's tons of tons of people. Yeah. Um, so how does how does how did you approach it? I mean, it's I I think it really comes down to finding collaborators to work with wherever you are. Hundred um, percent. It's impossible to make. It's not impossible, but it's really difficult to make something by yourself, and. Um, Finding good collaborators in whatever direction of this, um, you know, this art that you want to go in is the best way to mm -hmm. move yourself forward. Um, I didn't really know anyone, like I said. Um, I didn't really even know that many people in Providence because I spent so much time working in Boston, and I, you know, I'm not from there. I didn't have any like childhood friends or anything. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, how am I going to meet people? Facebook. Uh, go on Facebook. Oh, there you go. Find the Rhode Island um, filmmaking collectives group. Find out they have a, a like a, every couple weeks a meetup at this bar in town. Mm. And I'm like, all right, I guess I'm gonna go there now. This is where the people are. Yeah, yeah. Where some people are. <laughs> um, meet some interesting folks. A lot of a, a wide spec. I'd say a wide spectrum of different types of people. Mm -hmm. um, but a few people who turned into meaningful relationships and people yeah. I was able to work with and make some cool little projects and a few short films and sort of in the smallest way got the ball rolling. Um, you know, some of my, really all my earliest work in the sort of the current the current era of Max, not the college Max or the, the high school Max. The chapter, yes. The current true. chapter um, came from from people I met at that meetup, or uh, I did a 48-hour film. One of the other things I tried was this 48-hour film project, mm -hmm. um, which some of you guys may know about. I don't know if you've, you know about it. About the 48-hour? The 48-hour film project. I, 
I is that the is that the one that started it all? Because I know like there's a bunch of different forty eight hour fests. Yeah, well, I think it's is it one of the bigger ones. There's um, but I know it's like uh, I, I think it's more it. of an idea, but they do. I mean, people all over the country. Do okay, yes, yeah, so we everywhere. we can. So the just correct me if I'm wrong. The whole intention is you show up. I don't know if it's in. At, during that time, I'm assuming it's like an in-person thing where yeah. it's like, all right, we have we have an event. You bring your you bring your film crew, mm-hmm. and we start the timer. And then at that timer mark, like we hand you all the stuff that you need. Mm-hmm. Here's the here's the the I don't know the phrase yeah. you have to include, the yeah. kind of character you have to include. It's, all right, it's this whole yeah. It's a it's like a, the contest is to make a movie, a short. I was film. getting to that. In, in in forty eight hours uh, from, from start to finish, and by finish, it's edited is and ready to deliver. screen. Yeah, ready to screen, deliverable file. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and sounds, sounds kind of yeah. The you know you can come together. Any composition of team, you um, are given these like certain constraints, like Eddie said, and you have to write, shoot, and edit this thing. Um, forty eight hours is not. A lot of time. I could do it. It's definitely possible, but doing something good is. I can't do is, that. Is not, I'm just kidding. It's not really possible. <laughs> All right. Um, so you 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 had. But some... I met some cool people, um, which we like. We later did better stuff. I wouldn't say our 48 hour projects were ever that good, mm-hmm. but um, you know, however you can, just find out where other filmmakers are, and meet them and talk to them and you'll share so much in common with them. It's not hard to make friends with other filmmakers. Yeah, I, yeah, I feel like that's a good lesson, good advice. The, I'd boil that down to, um, you know, just show up. Yeah, just show up. I'd say that's the best it's advice It's a good possible. start because, like, otherwise you overthink things. Yeah. And you're like, I got to make this happen. No, no, just, just show up. Stuff will, stuff will come stuff together. Will, it'll, it'll fall into place as long as you keep showing up. Yeah. 100%. Cool. So you you did that. So, okay. Just, so did you stay in Providence up until you moved? Did you move yeah. from there to LA? So, yeah. We moved from Providence to LA in 2019. We got married. Moved here. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife is a medical resident at Children's Hospital Los Angeles Mm. and um, so she had that program lined up I had wanted to be in LA we had a sort of happy coincidence of it working out it wasn't guaranteed to to happen okay Um, but I don't know if everyone not everyone necessarily knows about how this whole doctor residency thing works but you basically when you're finishing med school apply to a bunch of different programs usually all across the country that you want to become a resident at. Mm-hmm. And then you get selected, you get placed. You don't necessarily choose, you don't choose where you go. You get placed into one of the places that you apply to. So you could wind up in a place you really want, but you could also wind up in some place that's farther, you know, a few spots down your list. So is it that you apply, you only apply to places that you would like to end up and limit your... That's. Uh, in in the broadest sense, yes, but you always have a priority list, and they rank their choices. So they're like, this hospital in LA is my first choice. 
this other okay. place is my second choice. This is my third choice. And you'll never go somewhere that you don't put on your list, but you could get any of your choices, theoretically. Yeah, that's weird. It's kind of, it's tough. It's really tough, especially when you have a person like me who is wanting to go somewhere really specific. Well, yeah, no, for sure. Any relationship, I feel like it's like, all right, if we end up here, this is what's going on. If we end up here, this is what's going on. Yeah. And then you have your own priority mm -hmm. list too. Exactly. It's like, all right, hopefully yeah. they align. You guys can make it work. Yeah. But that's so that's it's, a, it's super, super stressful. Mm -hmm. um, but through like some amazing luck, we wound up in LA which was exactly where I wanted to be. It's very cool. Um, and was was on top of her list as well, partially because I really wanted to be here and she mm -hmm. wanted to support that. So definitely acknowledge, want to acknowledge that Kate has been incredibly supportive of, of all of this. And awesome. In my whole wavering of trying to figure out what I want to do with, my, with myself. <laughs> Gonna cry. Over the years. No, it's great. Um, so yeah, we moved here in, in 2019 and yeah. Again, um, didn't really know a lot of people, almost anyone. Michael Gable was one of the people I did know. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, we told that story already. But Yeah, so Michael yeah. Gable is... Uh, right. um, yeah. But yeah, I got, uh, you know, showed up with this idea that I want to be a DP, but I also want to get on set and I want to meet as many people as I can. And um, started trying to find jobs wherever I could doing, um, not just being a DP, but also um, working in grip and electric crewing positions. Mm -hmm. um, something yeah. I have a little experience yeah. with. So I guess, I guess, I don't know, just to clarify, the, we can quickly describe the people that work, quote unquote, underneath the DP mm -hmm. for people. It's like a grip and a gaff. Mm -hmm. For not, most people, you're like, what's... Yeah, What's the best boy? Yeah, most people aren't going to know what the grip and yeah. gaff are. But the whole point is, like, they're all in the same department yeah. making stuff happen. Um, so, okay, yeah. So you're, it's still an underling to the DP where you're still, you're, I wouldn't, or I don't know, how would you describe it? Like, you're yeah. a part of the same camera lighting yeah, yeah. workforce. You're all, you're all like the, you're like the DP kingdom. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, there's sort of three different departments, or which work queen them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's like three different departments that go underneath the, the DP. There's yeah. the camera department, there's the grip department, and then there's the electric department, also known as lighting. And, and you're primarily the lighting department. And most of my crewing work has been in the electric department, either as gaffer, which is the top of the lighting department, or sometimes the only person in the lighting department, mm -hmm. um, or as uh, a best boy electric, which is the second person in the lighting department, um, or just a set lighting technician, just a, you know, a minion of those guys. Okay. And is, and is there a reason that do you lean that way and you're kind of aiming for more of that department yeah, or that's a that's a really good question okay um i don't it's not because i like see myself as being you know having two split careers or like this is actually maybe where i want to go it's um more that uh lighting is in my opinion really the core of 
what cinematography is, mm-hmm. um, or it's 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 essential. It's it's one of the most essential tools in the toolbox of making great images, and something that the cinematographer ideally is um, exercising a lot of control over to shape how their image looks. So my thought is that working in lighting um, is a great way to, one, get on set way more often than you would as a DP who's relatively new. Born, okay. And to get a ton of experience doing lighting, even if you're not necessarily the one making all the creative choices, you get to see other people make creative and, choices. And you're, and you're still executing and it. Executing and those and, and seeing how people respond to different scenarios and how they solve different problems and use different tools and getting exposed to different gear and equipment and just ways of working on set. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just an amazing way to gain experience without necessarily having to be the DP. Yourself. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. It's way in in some ways way easier to to it, it's a lot it's a lot easier to get hired as a set lighting technician on a big commercial than it is to be the DP on that same well, commercial. Well, what about the set lighting technician versus an AC, an assistant camera? Yeah, um, that's that's a great point too. A lot of um, you know traditionally. Um, one way up into the the DP job has been through the camera department Mm -hmm. and definitely kind of traditionally in the old school sense there was this hierarchy that you would climb a ladder from being say a a loader back when we had film Mm -hmm. which we still do but it's not as common to being a second AC to being a first AC assistant camera and then making some sort of jump to a DP from there, um, that yeah, because those, those are technically yeah. the people that are closest to the and camera. those are the people who are closest to the camera. I mean, they're the ones who are they're the only people touching the camera for sure. Um, and the ACs are the people who talk with the DP. Some of the people who talk with the DP the most. You're always very close mm-hmm. together. You're seeing and hearing everything that they're seeing and hearing. Um, but um, for me, at least, those jobs are a little bit. Um, they're a little bit more uh, about the execution of like technical procedures, I guess. Like a lot of the things that the ACs are doing, it's you're pulling focus, you're building the camera, you're making sure the camera works. You're swapping Um, lenses. You're swapping lenses, you're swapping batteries. It's like you're you're like a mechanic. You're like the camera mechanic almost. And it's not as, at least for me, not what I would want to be doing. Um, if I'm crewing on set, I'd much mm-hmm. rather have some hand in influencing the, the, image, the yeah. image itself. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, because I mean, my, my, the bulk of my experience with ACs is as a, like as a script supervisor where I'm telling the slate, it's like, mm-hmm. alright, this goes on the slate yeah. and then they're like always like you know, signals always dropping to village. Yeah. <laughs> They're always like, it's like, yeah, with the, so the terror deck, what's going on? Yeah. Cycle the terror deck. So it's very technical. Like you kind of mentioned the split yeah. brain of the, of the DP where there's a technical side understanding the mm-hmm. camera and the lighting and then yeah. the visual aspect. Exactly. So async feels like very, like a straight up technical. It's very Cause technical. they're not making, yeah. I mean, I know like first AC. Yeah, the, in pulling focus, there there's a creative aspect. I I don't want to shortchange those guys because they are incredibly skilled. A great AC is invaluable. I'm not um, saying they're not and skilled. There is there is absolutely a creative element in in 
certain focus pulls, but it is mostly about executing your job perfectly mm -hmm. in the moment. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay, so it makes sense that, that you could, would, would, if you're going to be on set as not the DP, leaning toward the gaff kind of gives the, the most, the, I, I would consider it experience points received mm -hmm. from the experience, mm -hmm. you're going to get more, uh, or utility out of, out of that experience. That's my hope. Um, well, that's that's like yeah. me as a script supervisor. If I'm going to be on set not directing, like mm -hmm. script soup is a great place to be. I'll tell you yeah. what. Yeah, you're. I mean, you're saying you're always there. You get to I'm see everything. Right by the director. Yeah. I'm talking about decisions with the director. Yeah. All the same kind of benefits mm -hmm. that you mentioned with the back and forth and all that stuff. Yeah. No, it's great. Cool. You know, in exchange, you know, when you're on. Uh, grip and electric type of job um, mm -hmm. you know a big part of your job is more or less manual laboring for 12 or 14 hours a day carrying lights around carrying stands moving moving lights and stands and different positions I mean it's a very physical job um, and very you know can be pretty taxing mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. but it's a great workout <laughs> Great work. So, you know, Plus side. get to skip the gym sometimes because you're lifting too many stands. I don't know. It's uh, if you're willing to do it and you're able to do it, um, I think it's a great experience. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're a big guy and you have the row, rowing experience. <laughs> and I was going to jump into this is, I don't know. I, well, I'll try to run through some stuff quicker here because I think we're, we're doing pretty good. I explored. I had to do some research on you, and I found mm -hmm. some things I didn't know. For sure. And I'm hoping this is actually you, because you're a tough person to look up. Really? I don't know. <laughs> My name's kind of common, so yeah, there's you, probably you don't have much me. on your website and all that to kind of like push people to yeah, other I need, places. Yeah, I need to. Kind of, should I write a more detailed about? Like, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if you need an about me. But yeah. Like you have a picture of yourself, mm -hmm. and you have your contact info, and then you have your reel and then the st and the visuals, but I think that's yeah. primarily what you yeah. want to show yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, I don't really have the story or anything. actors primarily have an about me because they have to sell themselves, but you're not an actor. No, definitely All right. not. <laughs> um, okay. Does beans and, beans and cheese, beans and cheese, right? Yeah, Is that's that me. The, that was one of the photo blogs I was mentioning. Okay. I wanted one to ask, three. it seems like, can you talk to me about rucking? Rucking. Oh, the Go Ruck Challenge? Yeah. That was, I mean, that's a, a blip, I would say, that um, isn't really something that uh, it defines seemed, me, but it was a great, a I'm not saying it defines you. I'm just saying the super interesting stuff experience. I'm very curious. I've done a lot of weird stuff. Sure. No, um, I'm not saying, okay. I'm yeah. just very, yeah. <laughs> if, if there's anything there, like, it no, it's all good. It seems like there's something. I feel like there's a mental toughness aspect to some some things that you do that yeah. you're, but I'm not I don't want to put words in your mouth. Oh no, but. I think I think you've you definitely have have found something. Um, and I, I don't know I don't. Um, it's all kind of always weird talking about yourself and you know whatever you're you are doing. No, I love talking but, about uh, myself. <laughs> um, in in you know, talking about having yourself having those types of qualities. Um, oh right. Well, that's but it's more. But yeah, but yeah I, okay. I think I see what you mean. I was gonna say when talking about yourself, it's more like 
there's an attempt to become this person that can handle this and handle yeah. this. And these are the things you're doing to attain that. Yeah. Versus, I guess, the other way of speaking about it is like, well, I have attained, the, you know. Yeah. I have attained enlightenment. Yeah, I, I mean, like a weird... it's just kind of fun. I don't know when people, if someone was walking around being like, oh, I'm really tough, you know. I'm a tough guy. I got, it's yeah. It's kind of weird. It is weird. <laughs> okay. But, um, but yeah, no, I think I've, over my life, I've gravitated towards challenges of different kinds and um, you know rowing was certainly a big challenge mm -hmm. and the the go ruck challenge was uh, a one day event that was definitely a challenge um, it's this um, I guess in a sort of a similar vein but a little bit different from like a, a tough mutter or a yeah, Spartan yeah. race I was wondering. that kind of world it's a little more um, it's a little less of like a, a race or, or like an event that happens at a, you know, a ski resort or something, and it's more like you get um, you get smoked by some former army guy for twelve to sixteen hours with a bunch of other strangers. Yeah. Like you have to run around with a backpack on and do a bunch of push-ups and uh, you know sit-ups and stuff. And yeah. basically, they're just like trying to trying to make you it's like uh, a survival challenge super or? tired and see how long you know what's the how objective? long you can last um the objective is like nominally to go from like point a to point b over the course of i don't know 14 hours or something mm -hmm. with you and all of your teammates who are in most cases people you don't necessarily know they're just sure, random sure. folks um, but you're carrying this backpack that has like 30 pounds of bricks in it the whole time. And you stop along the way and do these different challenges or like physical exercises. Mm -hmm. Like you have to pick each other up in like a fireman's carry and like run oh, across okay. a field. Or they're like, do this many push-ups now. Or do like these like swing the backpack around in front of you and it's like weighs 35 pounds. So it's, you know, yeah, kind of yeah. tough. Like wade across this muddy river, which is in a park. And... And this is all happening. It's all very like guerrilla. Like no one is, I mean, it's probably sanctioned in some way, but it's not like there's a course with flags on it and, um, mm -hmm. you know, water stations. It's all, it's kind of, it was kind of a weird experience in the sense that it really felt like you were just running around with a bunch of random people kind of <laughs> parading across a city. Just torturing yourself. Places that you shouldn't, like you wouldn't <laughs> normally even go. Like, like there's this like kind of shallow, at one point there was like this sort of, shallow stream i guess maybe like four feet four feet deep or so mm -hmm. not not um That's you know kinda... deep enough that you could walk wade across it but yeah. you get your entire body wet in the middle of this park in boston and they were like yeah we're gonna cross this right now and like okay and we just all had to walk across this muddy cool. muddy stream and in the middle of a park and it's like that's not something you'd ever do but it's just part of this challenge of, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's, it sort of has this like army training kind of like um, uh, philosophy or kind of mindset behind it. But it's not about like joining the military or anything. Yeah. It's just the guys who started this event are, are all military people. So then, so then why, why, you, why, why would you put yourself through such a... I, such I don't a, know. I think it, it sounded... Like a challenge? I don't know. I guess I'm attracted to things that are challenging mm -hmm. or difficult or, I don't know, where someone's like, oh, man, that sounds hard. There's been a number of cases in my life where I was like, oh, let's try that out. It sounds yeah, like yeah, something yeah, I want to yeah. do because someone said it was hard. Okay. 
so did because um, I know plenty of people like the Tough Mudder things. I did like I I did the one of the Spartan races, which is similar to Tough mm -hmm. Mudder, all that kind of stuff. And yeah, there's there's an element. Or I've of done it. like half marathons. Yeah, and whatnot, and yeah. Are, I mean, yeah. I've done some half marathons. I've done some triathlons. Um, I've done some longer bike ride, mm -hmm. bike. Uh, bicycle, you know, um, experiences. Mm -hmm. um, there's, I, I don't know, I don't know if you were hinting at, I don't know, some of the culture around some of that stuff is kind of silly, but. No, no, I no. I mean, there's an aspect in the, in the back of my mind where I'm like, it just hurts. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't, yeah, but it's it just does. me, it's just me like not training enough. Like I yeah, know when I yeah. did Spartan Race, I signed up like the week before and it was like the big world one up at Lake Tahoe. I didn't know it was going to be a big deal. It was like 12 miles. Like I do running club and stuff. Like I can, I can just show up and do 12 miles, but I didn't realize that there's a huge elevation change yeah. to the route and they're yeah, going to make yeah. me go through ice cold water. Like I didn't know. And then I just had, I was just, we got hailed on at one point. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's an adventure. Like those things are, I mean, it's it's I, I it's exciting. I mean, if if you like that kind of <laughs> stuff, it's exciting to be part of like this crazy, yeah, yeah, you know, uh, demanding experience. And yeah, so I wasn't quite sure know. on if, because I guess like my gut thought is, it is nice to sign up for a thing, challenge yourself, go through this adversity within it, because mm -hmm. you come out kind of stronger in the end, or there's some something there, either physically stronger, mentally mm -hmm. stronger, or just knowing that you committed and you did it, like that's an achievement on its mm -hmm. own. So I'm not quite sure on if there was anything deeper in there. You're just like, well, it looks tough. Like, yeah, uh, I don't know. I mean, or, I think um, especially at that time when I did the the go ruck and and some of the other stuff, like I was running a lot. And I yeah, was I doing, think I think you mentioned a. I was uh, doing some triathlons. The and, fifty and Bear Mountain fifty. I don't know if you um, ended up doing. Those. I did that. I dropped out of it because I got a hamstring sprain, ham, ham, ham hamstring you pulled sprain. Your, you I pulled a hamstring okay. at like 20 miles in. That's a big one. So I didn't do it. I didn't finish it. It's um, okay. <laughs> but uh, definitely, I think at that specific time in my life, like a couple, first couple years out of school, um, you know, maybe... My, my after the fact rationalization was, you know, I didn't have a lot of career direction, but I was sort of channeling my energy towards mm -hmm. these like physical feats yeah, because yeah. it was like something to do and it's something I knew I could do and I could, it was what I could focus on something instead of like a, a job. Yeah, something to work toward. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. I dig it. But. I don't know. I, I mean, I don't. I haven't done anything that extreme in a while, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's uh, it's still something I think about really positively. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Nice. Next topic. This is a very simple one. I want to think. It's just just on your Facebook, but I was mm -hmm. curious about the experience because I've never experienced it, and you had some post about. Um, Boston Blizzard 2013, mm -hmm. and I've never been through a blizzard before, oh. or like what it's like up there during it. Because you, oh, you were yeah. talking about like food rationing, and I don't know how intense like any experiences got up there. 
for oh, you or if there's anything. Food? Well, I might have been joking. I don't know. Oh. I don't remember any food rationing, but it does snow a lot in the Northeast. Mm-hmm. And there was one winter where it snowed so much that basically you couldn't go to work for, I don't know, a few days you couldn't go to work okay. at all. You basically couldn't get out okay. of your house at all. Yeah. Yeah. And when they did clear out all the roads, they had to um, make a big mountain, big mountains of snow and empty parking lots that would be like 30 or 40 feet tall mm-hmm. because all the snow had to go somewhere. And, you know, you're in the middle of a city. There's not really like a lot of empty spaces. Yeah, so they yeah, just, yeah. the city commandeered these parking lots and just filled them with mountains of snow so that the streets could be cleared. Yeah. Um, there is another snow slash ice related story okay which dates to high school and is actually a filmmaking story too Mm. one of the first video projects i made that i i thought was was good i don't know if it's really good my parents and my brothers are certainly fans they're fans been also somewhat embarrassed because they're all in it okay yeah, yeah um there was an ice storm in tulsa when i was a senior in the winter of my senior year of high school that took out the power to most of the city mm. for about like nine or 10 days. So we were like without power, we had no heat and we were like surviving in our house for Yeah, it sounds know, like time. what just and happened in Texas whole, recently. You know, this, yeah. yeah, a lot like what happened in Texas. Um, and when this happened, I grabbed a, um, like a little home video camera and started documenting the whole experience mm-hmm. with my family. And, you know, nothing really that exciting happens. Sure. It's just the power's out and people are, you know, talking about it and a bunch of trees fall down and there's like a, you got footage of a tree, trees. you know, I got some footage of trees on the ground and oh, trees okay. on top of cars and trees blocking the road. And I don't know, was, was filming this whole thing. Turned it into like a seven minute documentary of the yeah. Tulsa ice storm. Yeah. Docu short. And, um, also got to show that to a bunch of people at school mm-hmm. and embarrassed the hell out of my little brother who was a freshman. I was a senior. He was a freshman at the time. Mm-hmm. The high school was screened my documentary and he, you know, he's making a fool of himself. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and he's just never will let me live that down. Cause I just, I showed that to everyone. It sounds like a good time. But yeah, you embarrassing your younger bro. Yeah, though. just embarrassing my. my brothers, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Well, it's a great time. I, yeah, I'm trying to. I'm trying to think. Like, it's very cool. I'm still trying to imagine you convincing your school to screen your stuff. Like, I don't even know how that happens or how you I pulled know. it off. It was. I. I am shocked that they let me do it to this day. You just asked very nicely. Um, I think I was I was just such a good like I was a good kid I guess like maybe that sounds weird but I I got good grades and I never got in trouble and the teachers liked me and you know they yeah maybe they trusted me more than they should have um, because I quickly abused their trust by screening after basically after the the ice storm documentary finished on the same file on the DVD. There was a second video, which was this very violent action short that my friends and I had filmed. 
I hadn't told anyone was going to be on the video, but I was like, oh, like I'll make them. I'll, I'll, I'm going to show my other cool thing that I think is really sweet, which is like a gun battle with mm -hmm. my friends did in this empty lot that we like we filmed this yeah, yeah. minute long short of. Showed it on the showed it on the on the on the the screening in front of everyone, and they they flipped out. They were they were so mad. Like, how can you do this? Showing this violent yeah, content to always. all these people. You didn't tell us that this was on. Well, there. you know what they say: it's better to ask for forgiveness, forgiveness than for permission. <laughs> well, that being said, yeah. I just, I want to ask about what's. I mean, maybe not literally what's next for for you, but what what twenty twenty one. Now that you're, we we've kind of yeah. You're here. Mm -hmm. You've been here a little bit. Stuff is kind of getting back at it. Mm -hmm. Where do we go in from term, here? In terms of um, the film industry kind of opening up in LA a little bit more. Yeah. What's uh, what's expectations for this mm -hmm. year, next year? I don't know. What what is the tra trajectory? What is the thinking trajectory? is always is always scary to think about. It's like. hard. Yeah, I mean it's. COVID has been really tough for all, for everyone. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think it it's, was especially poorly timed for me since I had been here for less than a year when it happened. And it kind of interrupted some momentum and made it a lot harder to meet people. And, you know, all the things, you know, we all, all of us in LA and, and any part of the film business know this, but um, definitely it felt like in the last four months or so, things have started to pick up. Um, I'm really hopeful it's going to pick up a lot more, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. especially you know I think a lot of a lot of commercial production um, and some bigger studio stuff has resumed and is like almost going full speed. Yeah, the but, people that can afford it. Yeah, you know everyone who can afford it is doing a lot of a lot of work, but um, I've still found a lot of hesitancy among certain parts of people who are talking about passion projects or doing things just for fun. Um, some people are going, you know, all out and they just, they never necessarily been stopped, but some people are, have been waiting um, mm. to do stuff oh, I got for you, I got waiting you. for things to blow over sort of completely before they want to get into making short films or doing uh, passion projects or, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, that kind of stuff. It's tough because when you waited this long, it's like it's hard to know when to really pull the trigger. Yeah, because... that's definitely the thing. But that's always that's always the case with films, though. Too, there's always an excuse to not shoot your thing. Yeah, I and... mean, and it's and it's it's super frustrating. Um, you know, my my ideal, I know where I want to go. I guess is I want to shoot feature films, I want to shoot, I mean, really just long form narrative content in general, whether mm -hmm. that's TV or limited series or features or whatever. Um, that narrative side of things is where I want to focus my career. Um, you know, getting there, that's almost the, the part of the business that's like the most yeah. serious, I think, and, and exactly random. how you get into that position. And random. So, um, Know, not yeah not necessarily saying I, I I'm not interested in doing all sorts of other stuff I would love to shoot more music videos and, and commercials and um, really really what have you but 
but narrative is definitely my focus, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. my ideal focus. Yeah. And then what's your take on union? This, I mean, yeah, this, union stuff isn't, isn't so much in the picture for me right now. Um, I don't know how that works. For, for DPs and, and really anyone in the camera department, local 600 is the union. Um, it, for, for DPs, it doesn't really come into play at all until you're at a fairly high level. Um, the vast majority of work I've been exposed to has mm-hmm. been non-union. Right. And, um, you know, you're not, you're, you're talking a, a relatively high budget level before jobs are going union. So um, it doesn't really make sense to join until you, in, until you're already being approached for, for those types gotcha, of jobs gotcha. and you're not able to get them because you're not in. And, you know, then, and you then, they, then they make you join. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I was looking at joining the script supervisor union here. I think I've told you about that. I'm so close. But contract you, services is... Yeah, uh, how's that going? They are non-responsive to I've, emails. I've heard. <laughs> they have... they Their machines, you can leave messages, you never hear back. It's kind of... It's kind of weird. Kind of... Um, like I, I have everything submitted. Mm-hmm. I don't have the money to pay to get in, but yeah. they have they've got stuff around that. We'll see how that works. Yeah. I don't I don't know. It's the whole the whole I'm I'd say I'm in in like a macro, you know, economic sense, I'm definitely for organized labor and unions and okay, I think okay. they're they're often a good thing. I think that some of the Hollywood unions are not always as good of a thing, or at least maybe they could be a lot better. Than what they are now. Um, hmm. Is that coming yeah, from the from the camera side specifically? Because I don't know, I don't know yeah. what changes, what non-union DPing, what the differences become once you're union DP. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know. Yeah, I think you know uh, this is all secondhand. I can't really speak to it from personal experience, but um, from a lot of what I have been told that the main difference between, you know, other than high-level jobs happen to usually be union jobs. Um, that really has nothing to do with union. Mostly what the union is doing is forcing people who are working high-level jobs to pay to be in the union because they have to be. It's oh, like one, one way I've heard it put is it's the most expensive magazine subscription that a DP has ever paid for because once you join the union, you get the cinematographer's sure, sure, sure. magazine. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you but, know, there's, but, uh, nominally there's healthcare and there's a, there's a pension, but the requirements to getting those are really high, especially for DPs who don't necessarily get a lot of days on set. And mm. the number of days on set is what dictates whether you're able to access your right, benefits. Right. And unless you're on like a TV show that shoots tons of days a year, it's really hard to get those. So the benefits are not as... Um, necessarily as great as they could be. I yeah, I get it. I get it. That's kind of union, unions in a nutshell, right there for sure. Um, okay. Well, I, I guess I will summarize. Well, I think unless there's anything else you want to, I feel like we talked pretty good. Yeah. Unless there's any other topics that I didn't mention, but we could maybe talk briefly about if you had any comments on. The stuff we've worked on mm-hmm. together. We've done two short mm-hmm. films together. Yeah. 
first one was popcorn, popcorn. which we shot right before that was COVID hit. Right, yeah, right before it happened. Yeah, so we shot popcorn, and that was our first time working as director mm -hmm. DP, and that was awesome. And then we reunited. Um, what, what we're in April right now? Is that where yeah, we're? Yeah, it's April now. It was. Um, we shot that a October, couple months. September. Yeah, it was a while ago. Um, we shot uh, me, me a, a Jenny, and also and also me. <laughs> yeah. So uh, any any thoughts on on those little those little yeah. nuggets from? I mean, the best the best work. <laughs> The best work I've ever. Jeez it was. Louise. It was. Those are super fun projects. I was really glad that. I mean, both of them. They were diff very different. Um, at least in the circumstances that were around them, right? Mm -hmm. Like popcorn was. These are both short. You know, narrative shorts. Yeah, popcorn, um, popcorn was a is one day. A one, one day. day short. Yeah, one day, two actors. But we actually had a three, crew. We had three actors. Three actors. Yeah, three actors. Can't forget. Um, we actually had like a crew and the whole little kind of situation nice. and nice. yeah it was like it was a fun little thing yeah um and you, you had you and had gunning. like a little team you had an ac yeah, yeah. like two acs yeah or we actually had a team and a lot of people in like a really small apartment that yeah that jamie got for us yeah 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 jamie and i co-directed yeah. that one jamie keener uh yeah who her and I have co-written some stuff since. That was kind of like our experimentation for ourselves. Yeah, and then, yeah. We, didn't, so we like, had worked together like as a DP director yeah, before yeah. that. So and I don't remember why, like what brought you to think of me or, you know, how that happened. Because we had well, worked together since it's what's on the inside. Yeah, I believe, I think like in my mind, I, I, I think I even might keep a physical list or I had a physical list mm -hmm. at some point where I'm like, I had an objective to make X number of short films just to keep myself busy and, and working my director stuff. So I'm like, mm -hmm. all right, what DPs do I know that I want to yeah. work with? And I have a little list and then I'm like, all right, well, I can't ask this DP unless it's like of this quality mm -hmm. and I can ask this DP maybe if I only, like, you know, whatever. Like it was kind of like I haven't ranked and you were in this mark of like, like I don't want to ask Max unless this thing is going to be like, unless I have everything in order and this yeah. is like good and there's like a crew to work with him. And you, you kind of gave off that kind of aura where I'm like, <laughs> I don't want to just ask if it's just going to be me and him shooting one act. Like, you know, whatever. So uh, Popcorn, mm -hmm. I almost didn't pull the trigger on on you on that one too. I'm like, I don't know if this is big enough, but I'll, like, I'll ask him and let him make the decision. Mm -hmm. And uh, But yeah, it was... I was like, I think this is worthy of, mm -hmm. of asking Max. Um, and then, yeah. uh, and then the rest is history, man. And the rest is history. Yeah. We're here today, <laughs> and we collaborated again. Yeah, me and me and Jenny. That was that was a weekend. Was super. Yeah, it was actually longer, but much scrappier in a way. Because we only had you and me, and we had um, just one crew person a different one for each day um yeah three we had, person we had, crew, yeah we had joe cast. the first day and then and maddie and then yeah we were just running around yeah we that, went to the beach because that one that we, pu crazy. we pushed ourselves we really pushed it on the locations, yeah, the locations. was the push 
because yeah. popcorn was like we have access to this apartment mm-hmm. and we'll shoot at the dumpster outside mm-hmm. nice it and contained. Really contained and this one was like well if we're gonna do something let's jump in the ocean <laughs> yeah yeah that was i mean that, that's kind of the, the the great thing that when you're that small you can do is you just all jump in one car and you go you have a camera and then you just go somewhere and you can go to really cool spots without anyone bothering you yeah, small and footprint. just shoot you know shoot on the beach in la you shoot on top of a mountain went to malibu yeah in malibu um and in an apartment i got also yeah which you know you yeah. use what you got yeah um but yeah yeah i know like i mentioned a little bit before people always praise the visuals in both those projects with the with the with the color correction which you did as well yeah and uh and yeah, all I color grade a little bit and um so yeah so yeah what? <laughs> i want to see what's on that list it looks like you had a bunch of bunch of secrets from my past life or something no no we talked about it all i mentioned uh oh really quickly because i know you had this prepped dream collaborations <laughs> either dream collaborations or um what's the if you look up to them um oh like uh inspirational inspiration people yeah this is like speed round who do you who who would you let besides me of course oh, like, i mean other than eddie uh who anybody in mind that you that, that you would like to be i mean have that have that yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, inspirational, inspirational people is maybe a little easier. Um, I mean, there's, there's, you know, the greats, you know. Sure, just list them off, yeah, just no. so we know. Let me, let me get my list. <laughs> like we, we talked about prepping this. You know, there's, um, you know, folks like Roger Deakins or, or Emmanuel Lubezki, who are just, you know, legends That's of cinematography. Best, yeah. Um, you know, and very different, um, but, but, but equally amazing. Um, you know, like Lubezki's Children of Men is probably my favorite film Mm -hmm. and that like immediacy and, um, um, uh, active handheld camera I find super engaging, but I also love more classical and formally composed cinematography too, in, in a totally different sense. Um, but, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of people doing really good work right now. Um, you know, more than more cinematographers doing great work today than I don't know mm. ever before. It's it's almost impossible to to keep track. Yeah, 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 no, for sure. There's uh, so much uh, content that gets created. How do you? I guess to speak on that, is there something going on that is creating? Like, what? Why is it happening now? Is it just the internet exists and people have more access to watch more stuff, or stuff is easier to pull, easier to pull yeah. off? Like I don't. I think it's. I think it's both. You know, it's, it is and lighting. I don't know. The yeah, the the requirements to make something look good are are a lot smaller than they used to be ten or twenty years ago. Um, but there's also just I think way more demand from streaming, especially. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a ton of demand for certainly um more long form like serious type of content um unfortunately i feel like it's a little bit of a factory sometimes 
with mm-hmm. Netflix and Hulu and yeah, Apple be. TV. You know, a lot. Some of these shows, you know, I I feel like they could have been better as movies, but they were made into series because that's what the companies want. They want more. Then they would just time want, they want more right? time yeah. and the creative outlet. You know, who knows if it might have been done better differently. I always wonder. I always wonder. I don't know. Because I've seen some shows where I'm looking at it. There's some great shows, but there's also some shows, you know, maybe we could have spent spent this money and made something a little shorter that would have been better. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Did you have any other names to mention? No. you have a list. Um, It's supposed to be speed round, Max. Yeah, no. Other favorites. uh, um, Maddie Libatique is amazing. Uh, Um... Black Swan, mm-hmm. uh, The Fountain, little scene, but a fantastic looking movie. Um, Darius Kanji is a, a genius. Um, another little scene, but fantastic looking show. Uh, Too Old to Die Young, directed mm-hmm. by Nicholas Swining Refn. Fantastic looking. Um, very slow, almost too too slow, but um, so beautiful. one of the best looking things I've ever seen. Just came out on Amazon last year. Um, Lena Sandgren, uh, La La Land, talking about that formalistic old Hollywood look done mm-hmm. in a modern way, is is spectacular. Um, yeah, I need to watch that one again. So such so so good, amazing. Um, just yeah. the, the color. Yeah, I like the color the, uh, and the light, the the quality of light. I like their is. argument scene, their breakup scene, mm-hmm. in the kitchen. Oh, they're sitting at a table, and he surprises mm-hmm. her by showing up or something. Yeah. Or no, he yeah he's already home and she sh- yeah she shows up and there's like this green lighting and this orange yeah the lighting. green and like the classic like grungy L A apartment yeah. that every apartment looks like that in North Hollywood and kind of thing and then it's kind of like it kind of you has that kind of gritty handheld following her out the door and that kind of misses her sometimes mm-hmm. like it's I've watched yeah I've used that as a reference for a lot yeah. of my stuff for oh, I sure. love it I love it um, uh, you know guys. Folks doing folks doing really great stuff these days. Um, uh, Yarn Blaschke, uh, The Lighthouse mm. just came out. Um, also, The Witch, which we were talking about the on the Vich. phone. The the Vivich. It's the, the two V's. <laughs> the New England folk tale. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, probably one of the best uh, uh, sort of. It's it's sort of uh, horror, I guess, but almost psychological it's more psychological suspense i would mm-hmm. say but mm-hmm. one of the best people working in in that space right now nice um uh sort of his his peer i guess with ari aster is this guy uh paul uh paul gorski i hope i said that right who did uh, hereditary and midsummer okay yeah yeah also spectacular mm-hmm. um both both directors who i would love to work with <laughs> at some point that's scary stuff, though. You have to yeah. put your camera. I like, at I like that. the scary. I like scary stuff a little bit. You know, I'm not. I'm not like a huge horror hound. I don't. You know, don't have Shutter subscription or anything. But, mm-hmm. but I like. I like. I like the yeah. high end. The, yeah. the the heightened suspense. Yeah, because those are those are kind of specific horror that you listed off. It's mm-hmm. not traditional conjuring yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, not so but, much. Okay. That's, that's all I got. That's all you got? It's plenty. It's plenty. <laughs> how, long has, how long has it been? I don't know. But we'll <laughs> sign you off. Where can people follow you? Where can... Uh... Uh, yeah, people can follow on uh, Instagram. It's Max Goldberg. No spaces, just my name. Mm. 
and uh, my website is maxgoldbergdp.com, and that has links to a bunch of my work, real, social media, how to get in touch, Sweet. all the good stuff. Cool. So check check that out. Mm -hmm. Watch the short films. Yeah. And uh, cool. I'll leave it at that. Thanks for being on. Of course. Looking forward to what we got cooking next. Yeah, some big stuff coming. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.